Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Fan Bradley brought to you by George's Fire Meets Cherrybrook and Five Star Real Estate. Horsey with you alongside rugby league great Gary, Jimmy, Jack, Gaz. Um, how are you doing? I know you're looking forward to this episode. Yeah, it's, it's a great episode. Look, looking forward to talking to David Brooks. Plenty of great memories there from the eighties. Uh, one of me, one of my great teammates for for, for a decade uh, was David Brooks. Lovely to hear. It would be great to hear his thoughts and his reflection on his career and what a great career he had for for Balmain and also for oh for New South Wales as well. Yeah, we'll have a chat to uh, David Brooks very shortly. We'll also a little later on talk about the Tigers' winning streak coming to an end, Jimmy, which I'm sure was shattering for you. Uh, another near miss for my Eels. I can't take much more of this and uh, we'll also have a quick look at um, the Roosters form in particular James Tedesco not hitting the heights that he normally does and more hip drop madness we'll get to that all very shortly but firstly here's our chat with former Balmain and New South Wales forward David Brooks yeah and now it is time to hear from our special guest this week on the Fend he played 174 first grade games for Balmain back in 1983 through to 1992 Made my co-host Gary Jack look pretty good. 14 tries, 108 goals, plus a game for the Blues in State of Origin, 1985. Welcome to the Fen, David Brooks. Nice to be here, Horsey. Jimmy? Good on you, good on you David. It's great to talk to you, mate. It really you is. Too, and what, just, just give the viewers a bit of a listening. What are you up to at the moment? Uh, I'm a contractor with Cement Australia, and we deliver cement all around New South Wales, and I'm actually in Canberra at the moment. Okay. Now, mate, you, you came to the Tigers in 1983. I remember when you turned a year after me, and you actually played with Stephen Roach, was it the year before, when the New South Wales under-18s? Is that right? No, I, I, that's a bit earlier on. We played country in 79 together in the 18. And then um, he he played state 18s the next year, and I missed out. But um, we sort of um, yeah went went down the same path like country boys to to the city, and um, yeah we ended up both at Balmain, which was great. Jimmy, uh, the big issue though, mate. Uh, Dave, are you related to Luke Brooks? Uh, when he plays well, I'll claim him. <laughs> And when he doesn't, I disown him like everybody else does. <laughs> oh, yeah, Brooks, he's a solid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we thought we stick stick together. Don't worry about that. Yeah, yeah. And do you still watch yeah. the footy? Uh, I'm not as into it I, as I should be, but um, yeah, I'm like yeah, we've we've dealt with the merger like it's 20 years ago. Um, my my heart's not totally in it. But um, yeah, I still can't tip against them in the tip and cop, and I'm coming last. So <laughs> that, that, that's a pretty fair indication of my loyalty. And, and David, uh, you're wearing an orange jumper there, so that's a bit of a Balmain throwback. And you've got David 932. Is that your playing number, 932? No, that, that's my fleet number here. Uh, that's what they go by, fleet numbers. But uh, yeah, my Balmain number 747. What's yours, Jimmy? Oh, this is seven three nine. I think I was just before Dave. Okay, yeah. just before Dave. Yeah, twelve months. Well, I saw there in eighty two. Dave was there in eighty three. Another country boy. Who was it from the country that approached you to come to the Tigers, Dave? Oh, it happened a long time before that, Jimmy. I, um, Dennis Tuddy and a few of the other Bowman guys 
came to my hometown Walker for a presentation, yeah. and I I got the best forward in under thirteens. And Dennis Tuddy actually asked me what what I what did I want to do after football, and I said, well, I don't want to do anything except play for Balmain, and that was in nineteen seventy five. And he, wow. he kept a, kept a bit of a tab on me, and then when I made a few rep sides with the country and state eighteens in '79, um, then the schoolboys it was sort of um, yeah signed on the dotted line, and the rest is history, so they say. Was it like coming into the Balmain side with a young young Steve Roach, a young Benny Elias, Wayne Pierce was already there, you know, just trying to make your name into the pack. Um. Probably a bit overawed at the start, um, but once you sort of get into the fabric of the club, which, you know, at the time, I think we'd come last the year before, and uh, all the yeah. people said, what the hell are you going to Balmain for? I said, I can't help myself. I just love love the jersey, and I've signed, and I'm going to go, and that was it. You know, we I think that year we won the first four games, and I thought, how easy is this going to be? And then I think we lost the next four. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit bit of a steep learning curve at, at the first. So, Dave, you said you loved the jersey. Was that what drew you to the club? Uh, well, I, when I was young, I mowed lawns for a bit of pocket money and I earned enough to buy a, a jersey through Rugby League Week. And the, the first one I, I got was a Balmain one. I think it was like $3.50 post, post delivered to Walker. Wow. And that it's, was it. It's a nice little town, Walker, isn't it? It's a nice town. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. mu- not much there anymore. Like they put, they closed the sawmill down, which took about sixty or eighty jobs out of the town. And yeah, I still got a few mates up there, and I don't get up there enough, really. But um, when I do go home, it is it is good. One thing I remember, uh, David, from your playing days is you're a toe poker. You you were the you were the main goal kicker before Ross Conlon got there. Um, yep. What was it like being a, a, the last of the toe pokers? Um, I think I still kicked at the end of my career as well for the reserve grade. I think we made the grand final last year. I'm not 100%. I can't really remember whether they brought the new balls in then, but um, I was still kicking them, <laughs> still kicking them uh, in that year anyhow. I know that. Remember one of your best ever toe poking exhibitions, Dave, when we played Parramatta at uh, at uh, Belmore Oval when they were the premiers in 1980. Well, they three eighty three. They went on to win it, but we played them in eighty three, and we beat them twenty two twenty one. And you kicked the winning goal um, at Belmore Belmore Oval. Do you remember that? I do remember that. I think I actually got man of the match that day, and I. Yep. I won a, a VCR player. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was a bonus. That's like, I don't know, well, yeah, it's a long time ago, but, yeah, you, you don't forget things like that. Was that the Rank Arena big game or something back in the, the good old yeah. days? Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, I, think yeah. I, I might have even got a watch that day from Frank Hyde as well. It was the, the watch then, the, yeah, the NEC big game, I think, definitely Sunday afternoon at Belmore. Yeah. Pretty sure it was. Love the NEC yeah, big game. Yeah. Did you, yeah. as a toe poking kicker, did you lose some big toenails? And uh, and how did you look at round the corner kickers like Conlon and those sort of blokes? Did you think th- these blokes are wankers? Oh, uh, not really. Like John Gray sort of started that early on in, you know, probably in the 70s, but there was still not a lot of them around then. And then Ross came along, like, you know, one of the, one of the best goal kickers of all time. 
Um, yeah, you, you, you know, mate, the way the game evolves, like the kicking, like the, the place kicking, the line kicking, general play kicks, everything just evolves as it goes on. But I'm guessing the, uh, the toe pokers, uh, well, there's not many, I don't think there's any anymore that I've, that I've seen for a long time, to be totally honest with you. Yeah, but let me tell you, Brooksy was a very, very accurate toe poker. I mean, we're talking probably 80%, maybe even 85% strike rank um, in his career. Like, he was he was deadly from within about probably 30 metres. He only took probably three, maybe four steps back, but um, he didn't miss many. You did take Olsen a lot of <laughs> And he wasn't a bit more than Olsen Filipana. And, and then and then he made the New South Wales side. It was at 1984, Dave. 84 you played New South 80, Wales? 85 game three, mate. 85 game. And what three. was that like, mate? What was like mixing in that sort of company? It was game three, 85. It was at Lang Park. So you played against Wally and those blokes. How how was that? Yeah. At, at Lang Park. Well, the first like there's a bit of a story with the 85 New Zealand tour. That was in the middle of the second yep. origin and the third origin. Yeah. And I think the yeah. Queenslanders got dumped from the test match and then they all came back to Queensland to play State of Origin 3. I, I wasn't picked originally. Um, I got flown up on the Tuesday morning after the captain's run. Uh, Noel Cleela twisted his ankle and couldn't play. So I get it up there, got up there by lunchtime and then, yeah, played at 7, seven o'clock. That Incredible. Incredible. So, because uh, for people listening at home, Origin was played on what Tuesday nights back yeah, in the eighties. Tuesday 80s, night, yeah. So they flew you up the afternoon <laughs> of the game. Uh, I think I might have left at nine, nine o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Peter Moore rang me at my girlfriend's place, and um, but yeah, you get on the plow, go into town first, get a suit measured up, and then be at the airport at like whatever time it was, nine or ten, and then you you play an Origin tonight. So I thought. <laughs> Well, they put Tony Rampling into the second row and put me on the bench, but I actually started. So, thought that was um, yeah. yeah. And the game, the game, unbelievable game. Like you look at the clock, one minute it's ten minutes gone, and then it's two minutes to go before half time. It just it just goes so fast, and you you're too busy to think. After that day you had, what was it like standing in the middle of Lane Park before kickoff? Well, you must have been thinking, how the hell did I end up here? Well. You think about a lot more when you're older, like mm. 40, 40 to 50 year old. You go like pretty special time in your life. Um, a bit overawed, a young bloke from the bush, like come down. Two years later, you play in Origin. That's that's not the normal script, you know. You just sort of think, and then you're playing with the best of the best. You're playing against the best of the best, and made in that you know, the 26 blokes there. Uh, that at that time of your career, you're in the best 26 players in the state. Yeah. Or the country, actually. Did uh, it's, this, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big honour. Did this bloke help you out, Gary? Jackie was there. Did he help you out? Um, like I said, the game went so fast. Horsey, like It's just one of those things that you you, know, you, you should, should take it in more, but you can't. You haven't got time. Yeah. Jimmy, what, yeah. are you, what are your memories of that game, Jimmy? Oh look, the, the third game was just just chaos because uh, Jerry Fernley had dropped the Queenslanders from the Test side, and they were they they um they were revved up. They did yeah, um they were really revved up for for this game. They wanted to show New South Wales, so he's coming at a really tough game, and that's that's what Origins all about anyway. But that was an extremely tough game to to win up there at Lang Park for Dave. Um, 
tough to boo. They would they were booing the ball boys. They they were booing anyone that <laughs> night. They'll, I think that's the night they threw the cans on Lang Park, and I, I threw one back, and five hundred come back at me. You know, um, the grasshopper was that was the referee, and oh, was, yeah. wasn't he wasn't he uh, a great character, the grasshopper, Dave? Did he did he get you when he goes for the five meters and takes the old step back, and you're offside? Did he catch you with that yep. one? Every time. <laughs> <laughs> did Every um, time. did you see? There's that. That's the game where was it? Greg Dowling approached the New South Wales bench and gave the finger to Terry Fernley, or something similar. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was end of the game. Yeah, the, yeah. GD, yeah, GD. Uh, he got he got he got dropped, and they were they were cranky and they were dirty, and and, and Brooksy had yeah. He, 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 anyone that plays for New South Wales is a great player, and uh, Dave's certainly up there with with one of New South. He's played for New South Wales. Not too many blokes can say that. Absolutely. Have you still got the jersey, Dave? I've still got it, mate. Yeah, under lock and key in a in an airtight bag in my cupboard somewhere, and uh, yeah, it'll it'll come out eventually. Yeah, so it's got Brooks on the back. You get it, you got your name, did you, on the back? No, they they didn't do it for game three, and I'm I'm very very tempted to do it myself, but I thought no, I'm not going to spoil it. It's an original one, and yeah, you could probably get them at Peter Wynn score back in the day. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's got a bit of dirt still on it, but um, yeah, it's still it's uh, it's in lock under lock and key, mate. That's a great memory. Hey, let's go back to your Balmain days. I do. Remember, did you also wear the electrical tape around the forehead? I know Ciro made it yeah, famous, they, but you you were there too, weren't you? Yeah, they made us or made me wear different colour because uh, the the statistician kept getting me and Junior mixed up. Junior <laughs> wasn't getting many tackles, and I was getting forty plus. So <laughs> that, that wasn't really fair. <laughs> That's right. Junior had it. Did did Benny as well? Benny. Yeah, ben, Benny. Benny had. Um, Green and yellow striped. I was yellow or white, and Junior was black. That's great. What uh, you were a one club man, Dave. What was so special about Balmain that kept everyone together? Well, I think like there's been a bit said about the well and just the way everybody bonded. We were all nearly the same age. Our wives, slash girlfriends, or the other way around first. Uh, all got on the whole club. Everybody knew everybody. Um, we went out together, socialised together, lived in each other's pockets. But I think the trick was that Barnsley got them, got us all together, roughly the same age with a couple of older guys mixed in, and it was just a, a good formula. But the, the club blokes would, like, you know, the loyalty blocker and Jimmy had gotten, Ciro and Junior and Benny, um, you know, one, they could have went... All of those guys could have went elsewhere, but they didn't. They chose to stay, and that's a testament to the club itself. Yeah, yeah, well said, Dave. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. Look, it honestly, wasn't about the money, and that's that's me saying ah. that it wasn't about the money. <laughs> it was about. It was, I know you never thought you'd hear me say that, but it was about the mateship, and it was about. It was about. I think just leaving a legacy at Balmain that you're a one club player and you played there for ten years, and you know that was your contribution to the club. You know, ma- making two grand finals and and yeah, we, we were one club players. You know, well, I wasn't. Well, I played for Westfall one year, but mainly one club player. So that's more what it was about. Yes, hundred so percent. Are you guys going to join the Blue Wiggle? Are you going to chip in and bring back the Balmain Tigers? Well, well if, he, if he, he he's got twenty million, but he <laughs> but probably won't go down that road. But he could he could invest in the juniors. Like I think our juniors, our junior pathway. Uh, 
system would probably need a bit of a hand, so he could mm. he could do it that way if he wanted to, if he wanted to spend a bit of money. Speaking of spending money, I need to ask you: Have you got any great Jimmy Jack stories, Brooksy, from back in the day? Don't bother with the toll collector one because <laughs> everyone uh, says the toll. There's quite a few horsey, but I, I would I would like. <laughs> I would like to have a beer with you both, and like we we could have a bit of a laugh about a few of them. But um... we'll hold you to that. <laughs> Dave, we, we actually finished our careers at the same time together in 1992. Myself, Blocker, and Dave, yeah. uh, we played St George at, at Leichhardt Oval. There's a great picture of the three of us being chaired off at Leichhardt Oval, Block in the middle, Brooksy one side, me the other. It's a it's a special it's a special picture. Uh, and then, then Dave went over and played for Hull, and I went over and played for Sheffield, and we actually played against each other over in England, didn't we? And <laughs> I think uh, that's that's right, Dave, isn't it? Yeah, Desi Haslam yeah, was I, there I, too. I, yeah, uh, I think Des was there a bit after me, but that was 87, 88, 88 off season. Yeah. So, but yeah, it was um, that was a funny time. Like I think we, it was at Salford. It was snowing. The field was icy. I tackled you or you tackled me and we both got up to each other and said, what the bloody hell are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but we did, we did have beers after, lots of beers too. It was, uh, it was a great yeah. time over there. Jimmy, yeah. just like your career, you've jumped two plays ahead, mate. We need to get back to Balmain and we need to talk <laughs> about we need to talk about 1988 because you played in the grand final, Dave, against the Bulldogs. That was a great run, wasn't it? You lost blocker to suspension, but you still made it all the way through. Um, what are your memories of that day? Um, it probably goes back to about round 15 of that year. Um, Benny rode up on the on the chalkboard like we we had our draw, who we playing, and whether it was a win or a loss. Like we were we were on the knife edge for the the whole second half of the season, so we had to keep winning to even make the make the the, the fifth fifth spot. And I think we had. Out of the ten games that were left, I think we had nine wins and a draw, and uh, they then obviously lost Blocker. But yeah, the nine wins and a draw got us to a playoff, the fifth, and it was it was a great run. Like I don't think anybody else has done a run like that, living on the knife edge for like fifteen weeks, and then to get to the grand final. You now anybody but the Bulldogs probably we 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 might have beat them, but um, it wasn't wasn't to be that day or the next year. It was just. Fate, fate um, has has a big hand in all that sort of stuff. You would have been um, daring to dream. Benny scored the first try in that grand final. You're up six nil, uh, but then Ellery Hanley, who'd done such a great job to get you to the grand final, he was taken out by Terry Lamb, who has since confessed to taking him out. Do you remember that moment? Yeah, I was wasn't far from it, and um, yeah, it sort of happened off the ball a little bit, but. Um, yeah, just one of those things like you know, a tackle, you know, the touch. There wasn't as much camera scrutiny as there is now. Like the touch, he's missed it. The bunker would have would have picked on, up on it now. But um, yeah, the technology back in the day, three guys missed it. We we didn't miss it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's just the way it goes. Henry did a great job for us. Like I think he only came with a couple of games to go, and there yeah, we got at least. Seven or eight games that year instead of two or three. So, yeah, yeah. but he, he was a he was a great shot in the arm for us at the end of the year. So when you yeah. guys saw yeah. him, when you guys saw him being helped off, did you think shit we're in trouble here? I I don't think so. I, like we sort of backed ourselves because we knew we were fit. Like 
match fit. You could run all day. Everybody could run all day, but we we probably missed Locker's aggression up front. You know, maybe you know if you say yes, he's in there, we win the game. But you know, Canterbury, great side, well coached, um, very disciplined, and um, yeah, got a bit of a roll on there. We missed a couple of tackles, and yeah, it was game over. Yeah, so we lost Blocker. He got suspended for for four games, so he didn't play any of those semi-finals all the way through to the grand final. Yeah. And we missed his. He was our, as I said before. He was our forward lead. He was our aggressive, and he was our leader. When when Blocker ran, guys followed him. Kerry Hemsley, Dave Junior, they all followed once once uh, once Blocker uh, set the platform and. You know, and he could read play, and we certainly missed that in the grand final. But Ellery's X factor, yeah, scoring a try, he scored something like six tries in five games or something, which is ridiculous. Just, um, yeah, we lost that that strike pair out, out wide. So when you lost in nineteen eighty nine, that was that was pain. But in eighty eight, was a sense of you know what, guys, that was a great season. Like it was not the same yeah. sort of hurt. Yeah, I, I think so. Um... Like we we did accomplish a fair bit because we'd been knocking on the door for you know eighty three. I think we only missed the semis one year in ten, which was eighty four. I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, to get that far, and as I said, on the knife edge all the way through the lead up eighty five semis, eighty six, eighty seven. Then to get to the big dance in eighty eight and eighty nine, like you know, a lot of people say, oh, you deserve to win it. Well, you know, we played the best we could with what we had. We we played with the cards we were dealt, um, but on the day we come up short. You know, we, you know, you want you wind the clock back. You think of a few different things you could have done or should have done, but uh, I really think we didn't leave any stone unturned. But you know, those couple of seasons there in here, like great coach, um, well coach, great players, like. And still great mates now, which is probably even a better thing. Just on that, Dave, going into I remember in the semis there, didn't you you were a chippy at that stage, didn't you put a nail through your foot or through your hand or something? Yeah, threw me foot in eighty eight, I did, yeah, on the Tuesday. <laughs> huh, the grand final. Yeah, and I huh. got a, admitted to Balmain Hospital, I think, Wednesday morning and they came and got me came and got me on Sunday morning to play in the grand final. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> what did the coach think when you rang him, uh, Warren Ryan, when you said, oh, mate, I've put a nail through my foot? Well, actually, I come to training on the Tuesday and I said to the doctor, I said, my foot feels a bit swollen. He said, what happened? I said, oh, I tried on a nail at work yesterday. And the doc touched it and it was red hot. He said, you're going straight to the hospital. So uh, up I went yeah. and put me on the drip. And one of our trainers, Paul Hockham, actually came up twice during the week and we had a bit of a weight session with a drip in my arm and <laughs> out on the balcony of Balmain Hospital they thought I was yeah. crazy. They should have put me in, in Callum Park instead yeah, of <laughs> instead of Balmain Hospital. Wow. That's uh, then that, I, go. I, I rang Warren and said I really want to play but maybe in hindsight now I should have had the day off and let Kevin Arbwick play and I might have got on in 89. Who knows? That's a, that's an amazing preparation. People listening, the younger generation wouldn't understand that because all players are full time now. You don't have to worry about stepping on nails at the work site. So what what happened in '89? You're all suited up, but just didn't get on. Didn't get on, mate. No, he put a couple other guys on before me, um, which he'd done in the 
in the lead-up games as well. But, um, like, you know, in hindsight, you leave Blocker and Ciro on there. And, like, we were that fit. Like, those two weeks, we didn't, we didn't have an easy day. Like, every day was full on. So there was no way in the world that um, those two guys needed to come off, in my opinion. But the case yeah. sort of different, you know, not even at, you know, 68 minutes, I think it was, or yep. maybe even a bit before that. They didn't need to go off. You can last 12 minutes. That's only six sets each. So that, that's not a big ask in a grand final. What was the score then? About 14-8, was it? You're up 14-8? 14-8, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, well actually, Block got block got replaced um, and Canberra scored from the next set of six, uh, Belchip. Belcher got it back to 14-8, so it was 14-2 at that stage. Wow. And, Dave, can you do, like, um, uh, some exercises in the, on, on your seat to try and tell the coach, you know, I'm ready to go, or did you try and drop some hints to get me out there? Mate, I thought I was the next cab off the rank. <laughs> if either Blocker or Ciro were coming off, I'd had, I had to be next. That's what I was thinking, but it didn't happen. Oh, jeez. I played... Probably ten games of reserve grade that year. Like I'd come back from oh well the, the foot you know with the foot in eighty eight, pretty good preseason, um, and then eighty nine probably lost a bit of form halfway through, so they changed the side around, and um, yeah I didn't really get another look in until later in the year, and then missed out in the in the semi final, and then obviously missed out in the grand final again. In those days too, Dave. I think in '89 there was only there was three reserves off the bench because Shawnee Edwards got on, uh, Kevin Hardwick, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the Pudgy other one, Mick, well. Mick Podgy, Mick Podgy, yeah, yeah, Pudgy, Mick Podgy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's only three, um, and they, they were replacements. They weren't interchange. I thought they put Podge on and then replaced him with Sean Edwards at the end. Um, no, I, I, think, I just can't remember that. No, he was there. Podge was on. Podge came on to replace Ciro. To replace Ciro. Oh, why yeah, would he do yeah. that? Well, he wanted to do it five minutes before the end of the game, but apparently he couldn't get on because the communication systems weren't very good and the only time that where the game stopped was after <laughs> Ferguson had scored the try and that's when the interchange was made. On reflection, he should have left Ciro on because it went extra time. 100%. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so they they couldn't change it back in those days, so they had to. Um, Zero was another, often, another reserve. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't change it. Yeah, it would be different oh, well. now. Yeah, yeah. It, it was hard being out there, Jimmy, wasn't it? But Dave it would have been hard yeah. to watch as well, seeing that unfold. Mate, I had the best seat in the house, two rows from the front, so I saw it all unfold. But I, I think I actually went into the sheds after the third guy went on, and I couldn't watch it. I honestly couldn't watch it. I ended up being in the sheds at the end of the game. I didn't even go go outside or anything. I think I was in the shed at the end of the game. So you could sort of sense where it was going. Oh, I knew what was going to happen. Oh, well, let's move on. It wasn't, wasn't going to finish well. <laughs> let's move on from that. What about this happy memory as a Parramatta fan? Um, did you guys play in Wayne Pierce's farewell match at Leichhardt Oval? I was there as a young bloke. Yeah. 1990. Yeah. Had some great music. Junior did the lap with the streamers, but unfortunately, uh, Brett Kenny and Peter Sterling uh, rained on the parade. Yeah, we um, the, the farewell for a few of the, the boys that had played, a, a, you know, most of their career there. We didn't we didn't always finish with a bang. It was um, yeah, out the back door with a loss. 
Mm. Uh, that, yeah. That's the way it goes. What what about Leichhardt over? What does that mean to you, Dave? Because I mean, in recent times, the Tigers, the West Tigers, are struggling to win there. But back then, it was a fortress, wasn't it? Mate, you'd honestly you'd see the draw who who you were playing, and there was no there wasn't a fear factor of anybody coming to Leichhardt. They they you know we we had the crowd support. We'd I'd always like to run. Um, North south in the second half and pin them down in that bottom corner, that top corner, and in front of the old stand and just deal out a bit of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> you get them up there and you just you'd grow another leg and you'd see all the fans on the side. Um, you know, you'd see them every every week, every every fortnight yeah. back in the day. But yeah, same seat, same supporters, same passion, and yeah. expect the same results. So. We uh, we had a great winning winning record at Leichhardt, no doubt about that. And what about Laurie Nichols, mate? What about some great memories with Laurie Nichols? Oh, mate, just I've never seen passion like that anywhere in my life ever. Mm. Just holy and solely, black and gold. No matter where you went, he'd always be nice to other supporters, but it was always Tigers was his team. No two ways about it. Just on on Leichhardt, I remember. Uh, last week with Magic around at Suncorp Stadium, the surface got quite chopped up and there was all these concerns over the stadium surface. You guys, back in the 80s, I mean, you played on some dust bowls and, and mud heaps, didn't you? Well, they had the midweek cup at Leichhardt nearly every week, so we got to train on it, play on it, roll in it, tackle on it, <laughs> do whatever. And then they come Sunday and like you'd, you'd trot out again, like you'd already played Wednesday there, you'd come back out and roll out again on Sunday and yeah, like the uh, the player load now is like I know it's a fast game, it's tough, whatever. But the player load back in the day for the ground and the players was unbelievable. Like I think I remember Jimmy. I think we played a club game on the Saturday. Jimmy Junior and Blocker played Origin Tuesday, Panasonic Cup on the Wednesday semi final against West, and then we we played the Dragons on Saturday. They talk, I think we talk about player yeah. burnout. And, and then the following <laughs> week, we, we, we played uh, maybe the final of the Panasonic Cup. Uh, yeah, I think we played something like seven games in 21 days. Yeah. I mean, and, and everyone was – and during that run there, we, you know, we made – obviously the Tigers made four finals of the Panasonic Cup, and that was something special. Uh, we won it twice and runners-up twice. Um some memories there from Panasonic. I remember we played Brisbane there one time. Wally was playing, Peter Jackson, Gene Miles. Was that combined Brisbane? Yeah, so we played had, Brisbane there. Yeah. yeah, we played, I think it was 85, and uh, yes. Brisbane come down. Um, yeah, they, I think at the time, probably had half the Australian team playing for Brisbane. Mm. And, um, yeah, we, I think we towed them up. They, they might have kicked the penalty goal. Roscoe Conlon kicked a penalty goal from about 40 metres out on the sideline. And then from the kickoff, the young blonde-haired fullback made a bit of a scything, scything run, gave it to another blonde-haired player, young Piermont Bridge, who then gave it to a flying young Oot Gale who sprinted 60 <laughs> metres away, ran around Colin Scott, the Australian fullback, and scored under the post. And it was pandemonium at Leichhardt Oval. And I think at the end it was like thirty-three to six or four or something like that. So that was yeah, a, yeah. that was a bit of a 
a good scalp to get it at that time of the year as well. It certainly was. Jimmy, yeah. Frank I, Stanton was. Jimmy, I said not. I said not to make this about you, mate. This is about David. All right. We don't want to hear David. <laughs> that, that's the right horse, David. I was there that's all right. Him. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy forgot in that game. I got two tries as well. Yeah, <laughs> of course he forgot. <laughs> uh, you know the best thing about the Panasonic Cup that was the footy with the stripes. Remember they used to put the stripes on the ball. I used to love that. Yeah, yeah. Lots of to... didn't get a wet game because it was like just house paint. Oh right. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a cake, like a cake of soap normally, but worse when it had the paint on it. Like how did how did you manage to goal kick with that ball when it got wet in the mud? Like a sideline conversion would have been mission impossible. Pretty much, um, I think at the time you like we had like I got to kick with the, the balls that like art anyhow. So you, you know, if you kick them enough, you sort of get to know their characteristics. But you know, we had three game balls, and I got to kick with them during the week, so it was a bit of a bonus. So, but you know, when Roscoe came along, it didn't really matter. You could put it upside down, back to front, and you still kick it anyhow. But back in the toe poking days, it was. Was more of a um, yeah, like not not kicking kicking hope, but if you had the right ball, you sort of knew how it was going to float. Um, obviously, the wind at Leichhardt always came from the south, pretty much, and then you, you know you just allow a little bit, not a lot, because um, it was a bit of a like a, a wind tunnel coming from the, the old grandstand to the to the north side. So, but yeah, to kick at Leichhardt to practice, and then on game day it. It was it was okay, but when when they got wet, it was uh, it was a bit more of a lottery. But yeah, if you got the right ball, it was okay. So back in the eighties, it was a brutal era. Who was the toughest player you played against? I think I got to play with them, mate. We had some tough mm. tough dudes in our team, but mm. um, we always respected South Canterbury. You know, they were the two you know tough hombres back in the day, and then. When MG come along, he was he was a bit of a loose cannon, but <laughs> uh, but an awesome competitor, and um, yeah, Penrith sort of grew a bit of a hard edge, you know, late eighties, I, I suppose, and then obviously onto the grand final in ninety one. So yeah, that was a, a bit of a stepping stone for them. But yeah, we we definitely respected South and Canterbury back in the day. Who are they? The, the Les, da- Les Davidson and um, Les Davidson, yeah, David uh, Boyle. David Boyle. Wayne Chisholm, Mario, um, you know, Cement, yeah. um, yeah. you know, household names, mate. Yeah, folksy. They, mm. folksy. and they were great blokes too. Like, you'd bash the hell out of each other, then yeah. they'd take you back to Canterbury and buy you Chinese for dinner. Like, they're just good blokes. Good old days. What about yeah. the excitement machines, mate? Who was the who was the slipperiest guy to get hold of? Well, Slippery Morris for a starter. Yeah. Um, like... Oh, Kerry Boasted. Yeah. <laughs> you know, some some absolute legends of the game. Um in in close, well, the hookers were sort of more like front rowers back in our day, apart from Benny who was Benny was electric out of dummy half. Um but yeah, probably those two those two guys a bit slippery. Other others were cheeky. Tucker Coleman, flakes <laughs> like that. <laughs> what a surprise! Well, and, and mate, rate your coaches for us. You had what? You had Cranky Frankie Stanton. Uh, I think you had Bill Anderson, didn't you? And you had Warren yeah, Ryan. Yes, we had Billy Billy for a year, and um, I think in chronological order, Frank definitely. Uh, well, I'd say we had him for four years, and I learned a hell of a lot off him. Um, then Billy came for a year. Learned more off him. He was more like 
on the tactic side. And then Warren came along and it was, you know, just demonised the opposition. <laughs> and, um, you know, not not back them out of the game, but, like, inflict a bit of pain on them. And um, then Jonesy come along at the end, and which, you know, at, at the end, our, um, our lemon was probably nearly squeezed and he didn't get the best out of everybody. Um, bit of a change of tactics, a change in direction of the club. Um, you know, some thought it was good, some thought it was bad. That's their opinion. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, was, was a great 10 years, but I'd, I'd have to rate Frank and then Warren in that order. What did you guys think of that? Warren Ryan, that was his famous comment. I think I've squeezed the lemon dry. I think he said that in 1990 when he left. Did that, was that, a, did you take offense to that? How, how did you react? Um, well, I think he absolutely got the best out of, Everybody there, like he, he didn't stand for coming second a lot, but like you know, all of us were like getting on a bit too. So we we probably needed well the lemon might have been a bit squeezed, but it wasn't totally finished yet. We we had a couple of seasons left in us, but um, yeah, it's um, not a great comment. But then he went to West, and he actually asked me to come to West with him. So I thought we we'd had a few run-ins during at the end of 89 and 90, and um, then next thing he wants me to come and play for him at Western Suburbs. So I thought that that was a bit strange. Give us an idea of a run-in with Warren Ryan because he's a pretty intimidating bloke. How'd that go? I just told him he was a shit coach. <laughs> How'd that go down? Not not well because I think I played the next 19 games in reserve. There's <laughs> <laughs> a so lesson I, for I kids. Spoke, I spoke my mind. I... I'd never ever said anything like that to anybody before, but you now I probably took it personally about me missing out in '89, and um, told him, you know, probably what what I should have told him a little bit before that. But never mind. I said what I said. Not proud of it now, but I think it was the truth. What what prompted that? Oh, just me being cranky. Right. Um, I didn't normally let things get to me a lot, but that really got to me because I thought we'd put in enough hard work over the years to actually deserve to win the grand final. Mm. Still yeah. yeah. And what, why did you decide to call it a day? When was that? Uh, I finished with Jimmy and Blocker at uh, Leichhardt in 92. Then I had a season at Woi Woi in 93. And then pretty much my body sat there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd had enough of doing what I was doing. I, I don't think I ever missed a day's training. I honestly don't. And that was probably you know, the sign at the end that I think the last last game I played for Woi Woi was the semi-final at Gosford. And the Thursday we trained, I said to the coach, I said, I've got nothing left. I can't give you any more after this. So that was it. That was the last game. How'd that last game go against the Dragons? Jimmy, what happened there? We got beat. Yeah, we got, we got beat quite easily in the end by 30-odd um, in, in 92 at Leichhardt. Yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. Well, they, team, they, they end up in the grand final with yeah. the Dragons, uh, with yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah, know, yeah, yeah. They were on the up and up then. They, they played quite well. Yeah. Yeah, and we, and we, and we as as Warren, as he said, Warren, yeah, you know, he squeezed all the, the there wasn't much lemon in, in little juice in the lemon no, to be no squeezed. Juice and, in the lemon. 
juice and the lemon. Yeah, and he, look, he was he was right to some extent, but um, you know we that we did go a different different way with Alan Jones's coaching it was completely different to Warren's. You know, Warren was about defence. Alan didn't worry about defence. He thought defence was something that was around your clothesline at the back. You know, he had he didn't even bother about defence. But but um. And and we paid for it, and uh, you know, so they're on the way up. And yeah, we had well, that day. Yeah, I remember. Look, I did, this was, we scored a try. I think we only got beat thirty or to four or something, thirty or to six. We got beat, but yeah, um, yeah it was a day to forget. But, you know, Dave had many great great years. And, and you can tell by talking to Brooksy, he's a real country bloke, and he's, he's a great barometer for any club because you know he says he says it how it is, and blokes like that you need in your footy club. And Dave was the heart and soul of our club for ten years. Um, there was no harder trainer than than David Brooks. Wayne Pierce was a fanatic. We know that he was equally just as hard a trainer as Wayne Pierce, and and didn't have the uh, uh, probably didn't play his representative career like Junior did. But certainly around the club, Brooksy was a fanatic. He's always with the gym Monday, always Wednesday. You know, he was totally dedicated to, to the club. Um, and and got every bit of juice out of himself that he could, you know. Um, but he but the blokes like Brooksy, you need around a club just to make sure that we're going the right direction. And you know, it, it, yeah, if we'd have had, yeah, you know, if we'd have had another, well, we were they were all like David Brooks. It was fantastic. So you know, I got full of admiration for Dave as a player, and, and I love playing with him. And you know, it was a, just just a great time, and, and great to call him a mate. Thanks, mate. Mm. I appreciate that. No, nah, thank you. Thanks, David. It's been wonderful. Wonderful talking to you. Well said, Jimmy. Well said. Uh, just before we let you go, Brooksy, uh, did you, you finished up on the judiciary? Is that right? And if that's the case, uh, what was your biggest case? Um, oh, there was there was a few, but I do remember Reuben Wiki. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> oh, he got in a bit of a bad position and like threw his whole body and it hit hit the guy in the throat. I can't remember who it was, but um, I actually watched. Watched the tackle on the football, and I thought it wasn't bad. But then, when you go to judiciary, they got nine angles and slow it down, and it wasn't good. But uh, being, being an old tackler myself, I thought that was that wasn't a bad hit, but it was just probably an inch too high. But um, yeah, I, I said, mate, I don't really like to do it, but I'd have to recommend three weeks. So it wasn't a hip drop tackle. <laughs> We're sick of here. No, definitely not. Well, I don't think the the hip drops were really in back in the day because. It was all about your feet position. Like your your feet never left the ground. Like you were always, you know, had your foot feet planted, or you're always moving, or or short steps to get closer to the attacker. You know, the ten meters makes a difference too. Like you got more room to get revved up, and yeah. you, know, you, you know, not 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 everybody can go up and back ten meters in a set of six all day every day. But um, yeah, the uh, the feet position is a big thing. When I see the hip drops and all this. Cannonball stuff. I go. Where's where's your technique? There is no technique there. Not any. Jake Trebojevic is. I take me hat off to him. He's an he's old school mm, mate. Mm. He hits them and they stay hit. That's what you want. And if they don't pick him for Origin, I'd pick him any day of the week, mate. He's. He, I love Jake Trebojevic. I do. I really do. But yeah, you know, he's he's got the technique that you need to go, kids. How to get it? How to get the job done? Yeah. Dave, um, mate, really appreciate all those insights and um, thanks for taking us back to the glory days. It was a great career. Uh, you and Jimmy, you know, I used to watch you guys and 
plenty of fans did back in the 80s. We enjoyed what you did, and uh, thanks for having a chat to us. No worries, mate. I really appreciate the kind comments and the time to talk to you. It's been great. Good on you, Dave. Always a pleasure, bud. Great talking to you, mate. Thank you. We we will catch up, Jimmy. I'll give you a buzz, mate, for sure, 100%. Okay. Yeah, when you pick up some concrete down in the gong, give me a call. <laughs> I'll be there to start, <laughs> All right. I'll even share right, you, right. mate. I'll even share. I really appreciate that too. Good on you. Yeah, that was a uh, great chat there with your old mate, David Brooks. Jimmy, did you uh, – any surprises from that interview? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I-, I was surprised at the end there what he said about Warren Ryan, how he confronted him and told him what I thought about uh, what he'd done. So that was a – I had, didn't know that, and that's 30-odd years ago. But, look, as I said, Dave is a great clubman, always speaks his mind. He was very honest, very measured as well at the same time. So it's great to get David's – you know, his insights into, into that 80s era at the Tigers. All right, let's have a look at our five-star five, brought to you by Five Star Real Estate. Number one from the weekend. I'm not sure if you saw this one, Jimmy. Uh, Ellie Katoa from the Storm was running away to score a try, and he was basically celebrating on the way over the try line. And the Broncos 5'8", Ezra Mann, came from no – well, he, he was right behind him, and he just snuck up like a thief in the night and just knocked the ball out of his grasp. It was very embarrassing for Katoa, and I wonder how Craig Bellamy greeted him back in the dressing rooms. Yeah, he wouldn't have been very happy. And because players are fully professional now, and when they do get near the try line, players are fully aware now that you've got to be aware conscious of the ball because it can be – players play for the ball. They knock it down. And Ezra Mann knocked it down and they lost a try and could have been critical for uh, for the Storm. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised there's not more of it because a lot of players now do attack the ball when they're over the try line. Uh, ben Hunt played his 300th game. Don't wonder, remember, they were flogged 42-22 by the Cowboys. Uh, look, a memo for all clubs. Uh, if you're going to take a photo with the guy who plays his 300th game, a team photo, do it before the game because the Dragons took a photo after the game with Ben Hunt and his family, the whole team, and everyone looks miserable because I just got beaten by 20 points. Do it before the game. Yep, good point, good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And those milestone games, they often do get spoiled. And that was a uh, was a bit of a nightmare for young or well, for Benny Hunt. He's three hundredth. Yes, the Dragons can do a lot better uh, if they all had his resolve and his determination. They'd win a lot more games. And he's footy now. So congratulations, Ben Hunt, on reaching your three hundred first grade game. Number three, Kalen Ponga hitting back against the Titans, 46-26. The Knights getting up there, and Kalen had his fingerprints all over it. He was running freely, throwing some nice passes. He had that week off after that Parramatta debacle, and he, he showed that, hey, I'm back, and I should be in this Queensland Origin team too. Yeah, Kalen Ponga exploded at number six in that, that second half. I'm still not convinced he's a number six. I think he is a number one, but... He was fantastic. Any talk about him not being picked for Queensland, out the window now, he'll be their first one picked. Number four, well, I'm not sure if Tommy Trevojevic will be picked because, uh, again, he just looked uh, out of sorts against the Sharks. Cronulla winning 20-14 at Brookvale, and he got burned in particular by a back rower, Britt Nikora, um, in the second half there. Nikora on the wing just flew around Turbo, who couldn't catch up with him. And and you asked me that before about would I pick Turbo, and, and I said yes. Well, look, I've changed my mind now. I don't think I would pick him now. Uh, it's a couple of weeks now. He, he's not having any any impact when he's got the ball. He might be, 
you know, he might have 18 touches, but it, how, many, how many line breaks does he make? How many tackles is he busting? Not not one, maybe one or two. He's ball playing. So he's not there to ball play. He's there to have an impact in the centre. So as much as it's tough, I think maybe I'd give him a, I'll give him a rest, certainly for the first game. It looks like he's running within himself. We said this weeks and weeks ago. I thought by now he would be getting back to his 100% running, but he, he's just not. He looks about 80%. He looks like... He thinks if I go full pelt here, I'll snap a hamstring. He just looks like he's holding back. So yeah, oh. and you can see towards the second second half of the game there, when when Manly got back into the game, it was his ball playing that got them back in the game, making that extra man out wide with his brother. Yeah, you know, that's what got them back in the game. So that explosive Tommy, no, unfortunately, we haven't seen that uh, so far this year. And number five, the hip drop fast continues. Pat Carrigan, Sinbin. From the Broncos at a, at a crucial stage against the Storm. Storm going on to win that one. Uh, no charge. What do you know? So he was sin-binned on the advice of the bunker. So it wasn't a spur of the moment sin-binning. They had a good look at it at the ground. They, they came up with the decision here. It must be sin-binned. And then the match review committee looks at it and says, no, nah, it's not a hip drop. Uh, no case to answer. What is going on? This is madness. That's good. We need to know what's going on because they don't know. The referees don't know what's going on. Uh, the bunker doesn't know what's going on. There is no definition for a hip drop. That's what we, and I can tell you, another thing they're not doing as well is the shoulder charge. Now, I saw Reese Walsh save a try on the weekend, push the the, the, the Storm player over the sideline with his, with his shoulder, and it was acceptable. No, he, he, got, he got charged. He got charged? But it's only a fine. I don't think it's a shoulder charge, Jimmy. You're kidding. No, Justin no I don't Ollam. think it was either. Yeah. No. Yeah, it was... no way in the world. So, you know. I think Justin Ollam actually... Yeah, Olam actually cut back at the last minute and slammed into Walsh. It wasn't a shoulder charge. It was crazy. Hey, well done to Ricky Stewart, too. He he actually called on the weekend, let's just not, not sin bin players for accidental hip drop tackles. It's too costly. And he says, which is right, it's encouraging players to stay down and grab at their ankle or their calf muscle and just feign injury. So it's just opening up a whole new milking opportunity uh, for players and just stop the sin bins. Um, Jimmy, the Tigers, they, they were gutsy, but just lacked a bit of polish with the ball. 20 nil loss to South Sydney, who now lead the competition. Yes, the, the Tigers got beat, what, 20 to nil. I think it's the first time they've been kept nil since 2021 when the Dogs beat them 38 nil. Look, the Tigers haven't improved their attack in 12 months under Tim Sheens. In their 10 games so far, the Tigers have scored 136 points. Um, which is 13 points a game. You won't win games by scoring 30, 13 points a game. All this work the Tigers have done with Benji Marshall to improve their attack, you know, I, I, think, I think the Tigers have gone backward from when they were under Michael Maguire. Uh, were, I think they were more scored more points than when they were at the moment with Tim Sheens. Um, it, it's not good for the Tigers, and, you know, they just can't score points, and they've got some big games coming up. Yeah, speaking of not being able to score points, the Roosters aren't much better. They're averaging 15 points a game. They just uh, are failing to click. I, I was really alarmed with their effort against Penrith, 48 to 4. They got thumped. And that, look, against Penrith, that can happen. But this is after a week of being in the headlines as a club that's struggling. And I just expected a better response from a team like the Roosters with so many star players, and they and they dish that up. Uh, and James Tedesco now, he, he's battling. He's just not making – and you've alluded to this last week. He's just not making any headway at all in attack. Yeah, yeah the headless chooks. That, that was a great headline by Buzz on the weekend. And that's right. And, and he, a very good comment. I think they may be their pampered. I think they're too well pampered. They get their academy they're, where they're the sport where they play there, they're, they're over there at – 
the SCG. It's a fantastic ground. You know, that Nick bought them a new bus. Whatever they want, they get catered for, they get pampered. They don't really dig in. And they don't have any fight in them. I would say so much for the Roosters, you know. The Smiths, or yeah, Brand Smith, he's an $800,000 buy. You know, he's only playing 40 minutes. Crichton's having a little impact. Suwali, he's the $5 million man. I wouldn't give him $5,000, Suwali. Tedesco, well, he's he's had, what, three try assists and one try in 11 rounds. And that's the New South Wales and Australian captain having no impact. That's why I don't think you can pick Tedesco and Tommy Turbo on the same team because they're both not firing. So one has to stay, and obviously it's going to be Tedesco. And Luke Keary. Luke Keary, Keary's been struggling at halfback all year. Uh, there's just no no cohesion. And poor old Joey Manu did his ankle, but he's the current Golden Grid winner. I mean, he's, he's sadly out of form as well. So big problems for the Roosters. Yeah, and it's the first time, I believe, that Trent Robinson, their coach, is actually under genuine pressure since he took over the job back, what, 10 years ago. He's had three premierships, but now not getting a reaction out of his team last week. That's that's ringing alarm bells. Uh, code word of the week time, Jimmy. 10% off your next order at George's Fine Meats, Cherry Brook. Um, you gave David Brooks last week. What do you got this week? It, it's it's got to – how about you say it, Horsley? Have you got a code word there? I'm going to put it back on you for the code word for the week. Oh, here, I'm gonna, I've got it. Jason Croker. Jason no, Croker said no. code word. Jason Croker? We haven't done that one. Jason Croker retired about 20 years ago, mate. Jason Croker from Canberra. Jared Croker, you fool. Jared Croker, Jared <laughs> Croker. That's him, that's him. That's his uncle, his nephew, his nephew. Jared Croker, yeah. Uh, what a performance. He's come back. Canberra are winning. They've won six in a row. Five. And what about dead-eyed Dick with kicking those goals? My yeah, he's God, good. he's like a radar. I know. And, that's, and I think that's part of the, the success that Canberra are having on the back of Croker being in the team, it never so seemed right. Yeah, it never seemed right that he was in reserve grade. Jared Croker is too good for that, and Ricky's brought him back finally. And and what do you know? They're winning. He's just got that. Yeah. He's just got that presence about him. Jared Croker. Everything's going to be okay. He's such a calm head and a, a bloody good player. Which brings us to the Eels and, a, and another loss, twenty six to eighteen. They've been in every game this year, Jimmy. They've lost seven games, none by more than ten points. And this was another one where it was it was up for grabs at the end, and they just they just can't get over the line. And it's it's a year of what ifs. Um, no Mitchell Moses. Uh, they played well without their gun number seven, but again they've come up short. It's excruciating for Parramatta fans. Yeah, and there's been some talk about you know it's it's the retention. Let Papali go and and Reed Marnie. Those, those two players have left. They were really their, their go forward players last year, and, and they've gone to other clubs. So I think they're they're sadly lacking uh, players to replace them coming through. Um, so I, I sort of, maybe I can't sort of blame the coach. Maybe it's just the recruitment and retention of players which is affecting them going from from. Yeah, a grand final team last year to a very average team this year. Can't be the coach's fault. It's got to be their play, um, their re- recruitment. Uh, well, well, I mean, there's only eight. I think there's only eight or nine players from the grand final team against the Raiders. So they have they've lost a lot of quality players. I think they're 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 trying, Jimmy. They're trying. I don't think they're a very average team at all. I think they're just playing without a bit of luck. I think they they have they're having a crack. And every game they're in, it's an entertaining okay. game, and it's back and forth. So what did you think about uh, Brad Arthur's comments about the 10-3 penalty count against them? What do you think about that? Well, I, I thought it shows the frustration because Brad never talks about the referees. So for him to bring it up, he's obviously uh, frustrated. And uh, 10-3 does seem a bit extreme. Parramatta are a pretty disciplined team. Um, but you're going to say I'm biased, aren't you? So, look, the big test, they play against South Sydney this week. South Sydney always give Parramatta a bath. 
Uh, it's at Allianz Stadium. They're, they're number one in the comp south. They've won six in a row. It doesn't get any tougher for the Eels, but they are due. They've been knocking on the door for a win. They are due, and they'll get the job done. Let's move on. Uh, Fend at the end to finish, Jimmy. <laughs> and, mate, this whole Anthony Griffin episode is very sad. And, uh, look, look, as we speak now, he's still the Dragons coach. That could change in the next 24 hours, but it's just been a really – uh, lamentable state of affairs of the Dragons. And, and then you had Jack Bird through the week saying the fans have got no idea and they've never laced on a boot. And earlier on, you had Moses Suley saying, I never wanted to come to St. George. And it's just been a, a debacle down there. And I just don't know. I don't know how they got there and how they get out of it. Yeah. Well, look, I was having a, a Mother's Day coffee yesterday with my wife down here in Wollongong. And at the coffee shop where I, where I was at was um, – some Illawarra uh, people who are involved with the club, and they said to me they could not believe that he took off Jaden Sullivan mm. um, and then didn't put him back on the second half when they needed points. Because he left him on the side. He got, he got sin bin, but they left him on for the off for the entire game when they needed points, and he scored two tries last week, got them you know, obviously back, uh, almost winning last week against the Tigers, and Sullivan wasn't putting back on. They couldn't believe it, and then they burn it by putting on a replacement, so they left him off. So that's that's a, a very poor decision, and also Lomax has been left out of the side again. Um, so I think there's a meeting tomorrow. Uh, and I think they should resolve it tomorrow as to which direction that the poor old St George Illawarra dra- Dragons are going. And it's look, look, say what you like about Griffin's coaching ability. I, I just think it's unfair for all this speculation week after week, talking about a bloke's future and his his career yep. and his his job. It's not nice, and it it's no. not nice that he's in that position. And it should be resolved one way, one way or the other. It's it just well, can't go on. It's just not tenable. No, and. No. And, Jimmy, this podcast go, can't go on. Uh, that's enough for today. Um, thank you very much for all your hard work. Uh, great work getting David Brooks on the line. He was a fantastic chat. We'll get a few more up in the weeks ahead. Yep, very good. No, it was a great chat, chatting to Brooksy. He's one of my best mates. Uh, it was great. And the footy and the footy's exciting as well. So look forward to, to next week. Well, coming around next week will be State of, State of Origin teams yeah. picked. Yeah. So it's another exciting time of the year. 